What are you, Dennis the Menace? Please don't fact check that. Your ceviche still suck, dude. <laughs> it's true and hurtful. Welcome to the Palm Court, a Mr. Selfridge podcast. I'm Kelly Anakin. And I'm Tom Schneider. We are here with your recap for Mr. Selfridge, Series 4, Episode 6. Nailed it. Oh, I finally figured it out. <laughs> Granted. Yes. How many times did I ask you today? Uh, four to five. Four to five. Yeah. Definitely four to five. One of which was an email. <laughs> right. One of which might have been via text. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I can't internalize... Well, unless it's the ridiculousness. You guys. It feels like <laughs> okay, we've okay. always been watching season four of Mr. Selfridge. And like, okay, the way that I feel right now is how I feel like we originally felt uh-huh. when we watched the first or second or whatever we yeah, did. Think- and we were like, fuck this. Yeah. And like, we were like, okay, okay. And now I'm like, okay, seriously? Yeah. Re- and I have no idea how like slavish this is to like actual right history yeah i mean i imagine not too much i just feel like most of these ancillary characters aren't real you know yeah i'm pretty sure that's um granted uh you know hold off on the spoilery telegrams (laughs) right because for some insane reason this late date we are still trying not to get into any spoilers like i still don't know how mr selfridge dies yeah don't tell me. <laughs> Probably falling off of something. <laughs> it probably is. <laughs> oh, what's... Okay. All right. You know what? Before we get into that, speaking of telegrams slash Ellen Love Letters. Yes. Ellen Love Letters is what we have. That's right. Uh, we have a telegram from a sad cousin. Don't get too sad. Okay. But I mean, it's sad. Okay. But like, it's okay in the end. Okay. I read the whole thing. Okay. Okay. Most of it. <laughs> Listen, I'm very diligent. <laughs> that is the trademark of our podcast. <laughs> diligent. Uh, sometimes it is around. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, Cousin Christina writes, I've been meaning to write, but you know, life. First, I'm so glad you're back podcasting, and I'm so glad you're feeling well enough to do it. If I had a podcast, I would certainly have abandoned it after the cards I've been dealt lately. Not to make a meal of it, as that one dickish Downton character said, Larry Gray? Uh, well, that's that's who comes to mind with the word dickish. Yeah, but. agreed. Anyway, we'll assume it was Larry Gray. Yeah. But my mother passed away in September, and I've been voraciously consuming all media to avoid ever being left alone with my thoughts. First was Ivan and Red's season six episodes. Then I went to Up Yours Downstairs, congruent with the Downton rewatch, starting from the third episode. What a journey it's been. So many murder prisons, too, but it's too, too many. <laughs> So many times we almost lost the estate, etc. Now I'm on the very last episode and just weeping on my couch and also yelling at the TV, as you do. But I want you both to know how much of a comfort your voices have been to me in these trying times. Me, you on a farm, exclamations. <laughs> the backwards fashions and repeated histories have really kept me going. And although I know I'm just avoiding my own feelings of grief, I'm generally okay with that because I have to go to work and function and bathe and feed myself somehow. If only I were a member of the land gentry i could just look out windows all the time and also be bathed and fed by someone else (laughs) in addition to my mother passing i also moved from philadelphia to denver with a man who not only betrayed me but also went so far as to assault me i'm fine and have a restraining order in my wallet but this all happened as mr selfridge was airing which is why i mention it i got a few episodes into the final season and made the ghastly mistake of watching some pbs special about it which was incredibly dark as i gather henry selfridge's life was in the later years 
Since my life was also getting rather dark and sad, I stopped watching the show that I had really loved in previous seasons. It was just too much. But now I think once I've knocked out your final Downton episodes, I'm going to return to Mr. Selfridge and perhaps the land of the living, but honestly no promises on that last bit. I sincerely believe your commentary and insight, hilarious and thoughtful as it is, will guide me through the dark days of Harry Selfridge and his decline. I owe it to the show and myself to finish it, and your return to the podcast airwaves is just what I needed. I plan to pick it up later today, and I and given how very much I love my sofa, I imagine I'll have caught up to the podcast in a few days. So let me just thank you for all that you do, because I really don't know how I have survived these last few weeks, if not for your back catalog. And I do know that over the years, I wouldn't have enjoyed the show as much without your recaps, commentary, and the community you've created around it. Going back to old podcasts that I've already heard felt like returning to old friends. I follow Kelly on Facebook, and I know you've also had some real shit times this year. Side note, fuck 2016. (laughs) Here, here. Yeah. And I'm really pulling for you and really so very glad you're podcasting again because I selfishly need it, but also hope it's cathartic or helpful for you as well. I'm sure I'll have some things to tweet once I dive back into Mr. Selfridge, so I'm sure we'll interact soon in whatever way. And I, of course, am not looking for a response to this email or you to be my therapist. I just felt, as a very long time and sincere fan of all that you do, I needed to say more than my initial Facebook comment of, so glad you're back, (laughs) to let you know how very glad I really am to have new Kelly and Tom material, even if I haven't actually listened yet. Sorry for such a long telegram, but I really wanted you to know that you've created something that helps people get through the darkest times and that's something you should be proud of. My fondest affections and sincerest well wishes, your ever faithful cousin, Christina. Thank you, Christina. Yes, that thank you. That was long. <laughs> it was long, yes. It occurs to me now, <laughs> having read it aloud. Um, yeah. Diligent as always. We are, you know, so appreciative of you sharing mm-hmm. your struggles and, you know, people have through the years and we hope that you are uh, on your way. On the upswing. Yeah, absolutely. We're swinging up. Yeah. And, you know, we certainly support using media to distract you from things such as presidential elections, about which we owe all of you an apology. Yeah. By the way. So sorry to have triggered everyone. We really... This is the first we've recorded after the election, yeah, and we we've really, posted uh, several we that we pre-recorded. We didn't think uh, that this it was hellscape could possibly come to pass. It was all funny at the time. It was <laughs> hilarious at the time, and then it got real unfunny. Yeah, on the ninth, uh, and we cried mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, that's true. A lot. But this cannot be denied. And I wasn't even drunk. <laughs> right. Like. Yeah. Pure grief tears. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And, you know, we assume there aren't that many conservative listeners to this podcast. Yeah. But I've always assumed the type conservative listeners we would have on this podcast are not of the Trump-Pence right. uh, supporting ilk. Yeah. So. And, uh, yeah. And. Yeah, we're fine with that. Uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Uh, we're all going to get through this together. That's right. Uh, we hope. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we're going to do our part, mm-hmm. which is recapping a series that aired on the BBC a few months back <laughs> and that we've just now gotten around <laughs> to discussing. <laughs> yes, we are going to do this and some other stuff, probably. So That's right. Keep... Uh, your peepers on our <laughs> Facebook page because if we do other stuff, that is where we will let you know about that. Yeah. Well, we're on a tight ship here. <sighs> Look, guys, it's been a really hard year. <laughs> it has been, indeed. It's been, huh, what a hard year. Yeah. You know who else is having a hard year? Who? Harry Selfridge. Boy, howdy, let us get into it. Yeah. 
And boy, are we going to get into it. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, so we start off with the uh, realization that apparently nothing much interesting happened in London last night because A1 headline news is Selfridge windows get smashed. Yeah, it's almost as ludicrous as people reporting on Mike Pence getting booed at Hamilton <laughs> while Donald Trump settles $25 million in a fraud case. Yes. Anyway, yeah. not to get all political, <laughs> not right. to remain political, not to keep bringing this up. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Five million dollars. <laughs> That's true. He said he actually defrauded them much worse than that, but settled for 25 million. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Excuse me. I'm going to go jump out of a window. <laughs> the uh, proper word for that is defenestration. Yes. But Kelly, you cannot, you cannot fall off of a thing until we finish discussing all the many people that fall off of things in this show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Uh, so we see Dankona, who I, I wrote down as DaCosta the first time I saw him until finally somebody said his name. Look, I've come up with a great nickname for him, Kona Coffee. Okay. Kona Coffee is delicious, <laughs> and I think it's got a real strong worth it, work ethic. <laughs> All right. Uh, so he is in a club, whether it's his or Harry's, and he just basically tells Harry, like, uh, okay, so you've got till 9 a.m. on Monday to pay your full debt, plus, like, interest for pissing me off and harry's like oh, i'm not like other gamblers and then Kona's like all gamblers are the same dummy and then he goes on to say all gamblers are the same but you actually are the worst gambler right out of all the gamblers <laughs> gambler hates you the most <laughs> yes so yeah if he doesn't get the money by monday things will get personal so, like a book it personal pan pizza or uh, an ad, you know, single white mob boss. <laughs> He's just going to take seeks out. Seeks a- remuneration for uh, monies gambled. <laughs> <laughs> just going to take out an ad in the, you know, Times or whatever that just says that Harry's mom is fat. She wasn't. Well, I know, but he's getting personal. Better to say she's dead. It's true and hurtful. <laughs> so then we go into the credits music. Yeah. We're back on the incongruous credits because yes. it's all like, bum, bum, bum. And then it's like, gambling debts. Broken knees, broken windows too. Anyway, it's great. It's really. It's really delightful ugh, just ugh. yeah uh so harry wanders in a gambling debt induced haze in the upstairs hall <laughs> uh, <laughs> reminds me of me when i used to play big six at a uh, catholic <laughs> summer festival <laughs> i'd be like man i can't believe i'm already out of quarters <laughs> That's the beauty of Catholic sanctioned gambling, though, is usually the money is very, uh, yeah, very reasonable. Yeah, generally speaking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he tells Crab that he's sure that the, uh, window breakage was just vandalism. And he's like, oh yeah, by the way, could I get a bunch of money from the company? Uh, and Crab's like, uh, no reason. <laughs> yeah. Just, Cause, uh, you just, know, uh, just, to just, you know, pin money. Have some money to pin spend money. on various things. Just want to put it somewhere to look at. <laughs> right. Uh, just so I know that I have some. Yeah. And Crab is like, uh, no, you can't. Because I had to tell that twat. <laughs> right. <laughs> that you're not a horrible 
Which, and by the way, this guy has been positioned, Mr. Keen, like from the first episode and then the many episodes he wasn't there, but since he's come back, as like this villainous figure. And I'm and like, the, he's just a prudent financier. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, this show does not seem to understand that actually Mr. Selfridge has been the villain the whole time. <laughs> the whole time, Mr. Selfridge is the villain. Yeah. Like all capitalists. <laughs> That's right. Except for our president-elect, <laughs> who's not a villain, but a kind, uh, prudent orange leader. <laughs> yeah. Boy, this is all... Anyway, look. Yeah. No, no, no. It's fine. Are we going to get thrown in prison? Uh, You know, probably not. Okay, great. Yeah. But maybe. I mean, we always might maybe get thrown in prison. Hmm. You can't tell the future. And I've been running up all these gambling debts, so. <laughs> well, you could just settle. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kitty tells Connie not to worry about the windows because there's some things in life that you can't fix and windows aren't one of them. <laughs> And Connie's like, what? <laughs> like, oh, like, we, okay, we get it. Like, you're sad. And look, we all say dumb shit yeah. when we're bummed. Yes. Like, that's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the police are asking Harry about the, uh, you know, breakage. And Harry decides to add obstruction of justice to his list of sins and says that he can't imagine anyone that would have done it. And it must have been hooligans. It was the mercury. <laughs> And the inspector's like, uh, it seemed awfully thorough. And George Towler, who's there, is like, oh, you know, he's got a point. <laughs> God save us, George Towler. George Towler. Yeah. George Towler. He's, he's head of security. Oh, my God. Oh, well, at least now we know what his yeah. job title is. And we I'm pretty sure. In the re- last episode. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure I remember that now. Yeah. That we, had, we could have known that if yes. we had cared. This scrawny Englishman <laughs> who right. could be snapped in half by a 12 year old girl. Oh, lay off Selfridges. They've got that George Towler in head of security. Omri, I got that from George. <laughs> he says he's head of security. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right. <laughs> we miss you, Agnes. Come back. I know. Even just for a moment. Yeah. You know who make better head of security? That stick poking kid. <laughs> he's, he's poked someone with a stick. Right. He's ready to go. Although, did George ever punch anyone? Weren't there some toughs think, bothering uh, I, Fat Thomas? Yeah. I think he did punch somebody at some point. I don't know. Anyway, Look, it doesn't matter. I can't believe so much has happened in just <laughs> three and a half series. Yeah. Like, even just George Towler, like, third-level character, (laughs) has been on such a journey. (laughs) Remember when he tried to date Kitty Hawkins? (laughs) And now he's married to her sister? Yeah. Good lord. Pretty crazy. (laughs) Oh, drunken father. God, I never thought I'd (laughs) see the day where I wanted him back. Right. (sighs) Anyway. Uh, Surely he's worked his way through a stack of tissue paper at this point. (laughs) So Harry uh, kicks the inspector out in a not at all suspicious fashion. Uh, And then, like, Nunu Gordon's like, "Uh, what's up? And he's like, what's up? The provincial store's terrible. That's what up. And And I'm like, listen, when I used to work at Crabtree and Evelyn, they'd always be like, and I'd be like, you're just dealing with the fact that the guy who like took over as our VP of retail storage sucks and our visual merchandiser is a lazy, lazy gay man who does not understand the rigors of day-to-day life. (laughs) Yeah. And then he's like, "Uh, okay, sorry, Nina Gordon, whatever. You know, you take your mustache out for tea. (laughs) I think I will. <laughs> Poor Nunu Gordon. <laughs> and his mustache. It's like we never spend time together anymore. 
You love the provincial stalls more than me. <laughs> Why do we have such a low class mustache? <laughs> <laughs> um, Grove tells Crab about the wedding and asks him to be best man, uh, which makes Crab happy, which is the only good thing that can possibly come out of this. I, God. Uh, yeah, look, the last time we could possibly spend on Grardle. <laughs> Although Grardle is gr- like as a portmanteau, <laughs> like it is great. It really it's gets great. the message across. But oh my god! Yeah, uh, May does fashion things. I guess she's setting up a photo shoot. It becomes clear and tells Eyebrows that it's very dull. And Eyebrows is like, "Thanks. This is my contractually obligated appearance in this episode." Right? Yeah. Like, what does this guy have on eyeliner? <laughs> <gasps> Do you think eyeliner is gambling debt? <laughs> Do you think he's the David Milch of England? <laughs> Get well soon, David Milch. I don't believe that Deadwood movie is ever going to happen, but... Uh... No. But don't tell W. Earl Brown. He'll cry. He wasn't the one... Wasn't it I Garrett? It was... it was Garrett Dillahunt who was tweeting about it. And I'm like, what? Are they going to bring you back as yet a third character? <laughs> I mean, probably. Yeah, that seems plausible. <laughs> Um, yeah, also, Fat Thomas is there. He was, like, delivering something, and the maid's like, hey, uh, why don't you, why don't you hang around a little bit? And, uh, we're like, this is, this is done. Right. We're not doing this again. Right. Bring Beatrice back (laughs) if you must bring someone back. Right. Where is our dark mistress? Yeah, look, if you... We have many supplications for her. (laughs) If you knew Fat Thomas was going to be getting back into this plot line for this season, then he shouldn't have looked like shit this year. He looks really bad. Yeah. He looks so awful. He does. I, that was my, I said during the... He looks like his own uncle. <laughs> He's the picture of Dorian's uncle. <laughs> no, and I'm like, for this actor, I'm like, what happened to you? Yeah. What happened to you? Yeah. Did you fall into a time-traveling vortex? <laughs> That happens a lot in British theater. <laughs> oh, is that the secret of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Harry tells Jimmy Dolan. Dylan? Dylan. Jimmy Dylan. Jimmy Dylan. Yes. We've discussed this. Jimmy Picture Dolan owns the Jimmy New York Knicks. Dorian Gray. Yeah. I always just write him down as JD and then I forget. Um, Challenger? <laughs> uh, he tells them that he is broke and needs 75,000 pounds. Yeah, because that's a normal request. Right. And Jimmy's like, okay, let me go through all your financial dealings. And I was like, are you just planning to embezzle on his behalf? Maybe. Uh, yeah. But that turns out not to be the case. But uh, So anyway, yeah, May is supervising the photo shoot and reminiscing with Fat Thomas about how they used to... Uh, Bone down? Yeah. Like, very, like, like, oh, remember when he was your prostitute and you were in an emotionally abusive relationship with each other? Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, it was great. He's like, oh, yeah, you used to always dress like this. And he's like, I wasn't always dressed. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess as things that happen in this episode go, this isn't the worst. Yeah, it's not the worst. I, you know, however he looks, like, there's there's some kind of chemistry between the actors. Oh, yeah, there's like, chemistry, and you're like, oh, like, we have historically cared about you as a character. Right, Fat right. Thomas. Yeah. So, all right, yes, welcome. Yeah. 
Uh, we see Grove getting measured for his suit. Martle comes in and they're like, oh, I hear it's a special occasion, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yes, I'm dying. This yes. is for my funeral. I just fell asleep. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. And Grove hasn't told Harry yet that he's dying or getting married. How, how long has it been? We, nobody knows. It's been somewhere between 30 minutes and five years. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that would explain why Fat Thomas is so bad. <laughs> Mustache sits at Kitty's table at the uh, tea shop or wherever where people hang out. In the tea shop! <laughs> In the tea shop! Uh, so he says, you know, she says something and he's like, men do foolish things. And she's like, that's it? I also <laughs> said, that's it? Yeah. And I mean, I guess... From a period perspective, mm-hmm. this is totally an acceptable thing to say. Right. Because you're right. like, oh, you know, male privilege. Yeah. And women are like, oh, okay, that's right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, that's still happening right now. Absolutely. Uh, Huma's still buying that from Anthony Weiner, yeah. I guess. I, I thought I saw they were splitting up. Oh, good for her. Yeah. I just want her and Hillary to run away to the Bahamas together. I know, baby. They've um, been through so much. <laughs> this is true. Um, yeah, so, yeah, but I mean, that is totally, you totally see why Mustache thinks that he's doing the right thing and acceptable or Well, whatever. except that, again, Samuel West's performance has all of the charm of, you know, Patty Hearst, <laughs> uh, when she was taken prisoner. Yeah. I, you're just, okay, and we're like, are you, like, blink twice if you're in danger, <laughs> Samuel West. <laughs> I think I repeated that joke from last. Look, nobody looks happy <laughs> right. to be in this show anymore. Yeah, that is sadly true. Uh, well, honestly, I think it's more just that, like, Catherine Kelly and whoever plays Fat Thomas are like, oh, finally, someone who's been there since the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck are all these people? <laughs> yeah. George Towler? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Remember last season? <laughs> now I was on maternity leave. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> if only blokes could get pregnant. <laughs> I tried. That's why I look like this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you can't see what happened, but I just very nearly spat water all over our entire podcasting works. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, Kitty tells Mustache that she wants him out of their house mm-hmm. and uh, to get out of the tea shop. Go to New York, Kitty. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Uh, because we can't. Yeah. We have to finish out the season. <laughs> uh, Connie arrives just as Mustache is leaving and is uh, naturally confused. Yes, because Kitty's just like, uh, bye. And Connie's like, sis. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, nobody calls each other sis. Some people do, I guess. Apparently, yeah. I- I never did. You know why? <laughs> I don't have a sister. <laughs> Take that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meryl. Oh, uh, Meryl. Yeah. Top rank employee that she now is. Nepotism, uh, man. Yeah. I mean, Ivanka Trump is now like, you know, chief whatever she is. Yeah. She's chief of everything, basically. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Um, well, she operates the tiny troll that inhabits the animatronic <laughs> suit that is her father. <laughs> Um, and yeah, 
Marl's like, oh, you love this job, don't you? Because Meryl, Meryl's like trying to sell her a dress. And Meryl's like, yeah. I, I mean, sell her in the sense that I'm sure Mr. Grove gets whatever he wants on account. Well, one would think, yes. Um, anyway, yeah. So that all happens. And the drop waste continues its tyranny <laughs> over the late 20s. Yeah. And spoiler alert, will continue throughout the 30s because nobody had enough money for the bias cut until the Great Depression was over. A little fashion backwards right there. Please don't fact check that. Because <laughs> I didn't do the research. Uh, Harry greets... Rosalie and Tatiana, who are at this fashion shoot, and or whoever else is there, uh, and then Jimmy Dillon pulls him aside. There has not been a scene this entire series of Harry entering a room and being engaged in a conversation for more than 15 seconds. And it's wearing a little fin on me. I'm like, could you just not get Jeremy Piven? <laughs> like, he's the whole show. Right. It's kind of crucial. Should have kept that mercury away from him. <laughs> I just love sushi. <laughs> anyway, Jimmy Dillon has a plan for the 75000 which is, to be fair, not illegal, mm-hmm. uh, but basically tells him to sell to provincial stores. Right now, they're more profitable as real estate than they are as businesses, and plenty of people would love to snap them up. Uh, Harry says that that would break Gordon's heart, and so we all assume that it's going to happen. Why stop now? Yeah. <laughs> like, how many more times does his heart have to break, Harry? <laughs> My God. Who needs a heart when... I don't know. A heart can be Gordon. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you're welcome. I got you. Thank you. I mean, really, we can chalk that all up to the divine power of Tina Turner's legs. <laughs> yes, we can. May they reign long. And, and, look, and long. And long, yeah. yeah. yeah that's look, what they do. <laughs> all right, look, they can't all be fucking winners. <laughs> Uh, we see Nunu Gordon reading a headline uh, asking if the window smashing was related to Harry Selfridge's personal gambling debts. Uh, the personal gambling debts. Yes. I don't have anything else to say. No, I understand. Just, I, uh, my God, people. Yeah. <sighs> Pay your bill. <laughs> well, he, he literally can't. Well, then maybe don't let the Dolly sisters have cart... I can't even get into this. We Uh, all know what he shouldn't have done. Right. Uh, Connie and Kitty discuss mustache... I don't remember what they said. Just uh, you know. I'm pretty sure Connie was like, oh, like it's fine. And Kitty was like, it is not fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Meryl, who, by the way, had said that she knew just the person to make Martel's wedding dress... Uh, so she goes down to the sewing room and asks the artful porter to let Tilly make the dress... And the art reporter's like, oh, no, I couldn't possibly. And Meryl's like, you know, I'm sure my father would say it was okay. Yeah. And the art reporter's like, fuck it. God God damn it. As well she should be, because that sucks. It does suck, but also she's just saying that because she's like Tilly because Tilly's black. So it's like... That's true. Who do we hate more at this point? Meryl or the Artful Porter? At least Meryl's nice to Tilly and manages to get her some screen time in an otherwise pointless episode. That is true. It's not totally... Okay, we'll get there. Yes. Uh, Harry confronts Wednesday Adams. Oh, Wednesday. At their club. Uh, Wednesday is not at all apologetic about running the story. He's Uh, like... You mean his job that he does? Right. He's like, uh, this is not about your family. This is about you. You said yourself that you chose this life. And Harry is like, ah, 
why you you're never gonna stop, are you? And Wednesday is like, no, this is my job. Yeah, this is newspapers literally print stories, some of which are gossip pieces about idiots who don't pay their <laughs> gambling debts. <laughs> right. Uh, so Harry says he's pulling all advertising from his papers, uh, and that it's not an idle threat. And then I don't think this really comes up again. So yeah. Whatever. So was it an idle f- like, hey? Don't you think you should keep advertising for your store that people come to and buy things that presumably might help you get out of debt at some point? Well, now that I can't help myself to the profits, what's the point? Oh, my God. <sighs> Jimmy Dillon tells May that they've got a box at the opera and, like, the Prince of Wales will be there or something. I don't know. And that they can swim by, swing by Fat Thomas's afterwards uh, and say it's a little more down to earth because I think he thinks that that's like a burn or something. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we see Grove going into Harry's office and then cut him actually saying, I'm dying and marrying Martle. Uh, and Harry's like, as <laughs> Harry's like, boo, but yay! <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, he asks if there's anything he can do. Uh, and Grove asks Harry to give Martle away at the wedding. Because Grove can't do it. And I'm like, what, what is the matter with you? <laughs> right. I know you're dying, but it can't all be down to the tumor. So we see uh, Rosalie and Tatiana getting their picture taken in this photo shoot, and uh, Tatiana's apparently terrible at it. Uh, Gee, what a surprise. Yeah. Where the hell is that Sergei? <laughs> is he just never going to show up? Apparently not. Look. He's Chekhov's Russian playboy. <laughs> he's uh, he's hanging out with the Contessa, or whatever. You mean Princess Wizwaz? No, no, the Contessa that he had an affair with that Wednesday Adams reported. Oh, that seems kind of boring. Yeah. I feel like anybody can just call themselves a Contessa. <laughs> Is that how Europe works? I think so. Yeah, I think you may be right. I mean, now that uh, the UK is no longer in uh, the, uh, <laughs> what, the uh, European Union? Yeah, I was like, uh, the United Nations? No. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so, like, May goes to, like, tell Tatiana st- to stop sucking or whatever, and... Then goes back with Fat Tom. And Fat Thomas like, looks at her. He's like, you never had kids to get. What are you even looking at? And Look, I don't know, man. He's like, he doesn't love owning his own business now or something. Anyway, this continues to move inexorably forward. <laughs> um, the Mr. Selford <laughs> recap podcast story. <laughs> right. Uh, Keen knocks on a door and fake Doris answers. <gasps> Yeah. I love fake Doris. I know. I wish he had something to do this season, except for just be around and be Welsh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which she does in their backyard uh, over tea. And Keen asks Nunu Gordon about the personal gambling debts headline. The personal gambling debts. Yes. Uh, which Nunu Gordon uh, says is just a scandalous rumor and keen says oh so why doesn't he sue mm-hmm. and Newton gordon's like uh mustache you got anything uh, <laughs> no <laughs> he tells a uh, new gordon that there was a time when harry selfridge was the company but that time is no longer uh we see winston adams sitting at a desk and he picks up a phone and he says get me the company lawyer okay. uh yeah which i don't think we see that payoff this yeah episode. we don't man more winston adams yeah. More fake Doris. Here, here. They're just, they're giving us all the wrong stuff. <laughs> Mustache arrives at Mustache House, or should I say Kitty House. Oh, snap. <laughs> uh, to see his bags packed and waiting for him. Whoopsie. Yeah. So he takes them and heads out. Uh, not that many of them, really. But Yeah, I'm like, is that all his stuff? Yeah. Uh, but Kitty watches him leave through the window 
And like touches a notebook and is sad. And I'm like, that, doesn't he need that? That's, yeah, like that's his job. Um, I mean, to be fair, he does suck at his job. <laughs> Every job we've ever seen him do, he sucks at. Even that play, hilarious as it was. <laughs> oh, Horace Spendrich. Yeah, he really is Horace Spendrich now. <laughs> he is. Maybe they could cast him in the revival. He needs some money. <laughs> But I'm only doing it if I can have mercury poison. <laughs> Jimmy Dillon pitches selling the provincial stores to Harry, um, saying, you know, like, I've got people, like, lining up. Here's letters of a test. Sign it right now, and your money's problems are over. And he's like, uh, George comes in to say that there's extra security on the windows. We're like, okay. Like, why would they smash them again? Right. Unless he means that they haven't been repaired yet, um, and they're making sure that no actual hooligans. <laughs> I'm like, oi, boys! <laughs> Can you imagine that stick poking kid just being in awe? <laughs> oi, monsieur! <laughs> oi, now we have strength! <laughs> um... Yeah, so Harry's like, uh, what, break Nunu Gordon's heart or whatever he says this time. And Jimmy Dillon's like, break his mustache. (laughs) Right. And Jimmy Dillon's like, so, uh, what will you do? What will you do? Yeah. Uh, The answer appears to be just hope everything fixes itself. Jeremy Piven looks so wrecked. Yeah. Like, who looks more wrecked? Him or Fat Thomas? Jeremy Piven. Yeah. 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 So, hey, Fat Thomas. (laughs) At least it works for, uh, Jeremy Piven's character. That's true. That's not Fat Thomas's fault. No. Uh, George sits down at the tea shop with mustache, says he'd like to biff him one. Oh, yes. George Towler <laughs> is like if uh, George McFly <laughs> and a fly. Had <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, he does seem to be willing to uh, like discuss the situation and offer mustache some advice would you so. say he's reviewing <laughs> the situation can a fellow be a dumbass all his life <laughs> all the mustaches <laughs> look yeah no that was i'm thanks i'm doing the best i can yeah that was fine harry and crab discuss uh, grove and how he's dying or whatever and crab says that he's called all the like loan sharks in the city and none of them will offer harry any credit gee yeah. i wonder why yeah did they hear did they hear <laughs> about his personal gambling debts i think they might have it was in the paper <laughs> uh martel tries on her dress and talks with meryl about their family or whatever i don't care um <laughs> And the way they shot that scene was so weird because I kept expecting, like, Martle and Meryl to make out. Like, they just kept, like, looking at each other and smiling, like, the way that people who are about yeah. to make out on a TV show do. Yeah, and like I'm May like, and Fat Thomas. This is about to get weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, the artful porter gives Tilly a giant box of fabric and says she needs it all done by morning, even if it takes all night, which it will. Poor Tilly. Yeah. Tilly, I wish you had a better plot than this. Yeah, me too. Maybe it ends with her burning down the store. <gasps> That would be fantastic. It would be. Uh, the floozies are shopping. and I thought we were shit of those floozies. I thought so, too. God, floozies. They're like the herpes of people. <laughs> uh, Crab tells them that credit is no longer available. And they're like, oh, well, we'll just go see Harry. And he's like, yeah, do that. I love Mr. Crab. Yeah. 
This oh, Mr. Crab. Definitely like the highlight of his day. <laughs> and the episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the floozies in Harry's office are like, ah, ah, ah. And uh, Harry's like, no. But like, that's not even any good because, you know, one of them's like, you know, we owe you so much, Harry. And he's like, you'll never know how much. And I'm like, why don't you just tell them it's 75,000 pounds? <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe that's not all of theirs, but like, mm-hmm. they made a significant dent. They did. And, we saw it happen. Uh, you know, like, yeah. he's acting all, like, put upon. And I'm like, no, Harry. Yeah. You are not the victim here. They're that also is... not the victims. Right. But, like, yeah. you're no, no, definitely not the victim. That's like, absolutely you let true. The, you yeah. told them it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. They're uh, they're going to go to New York, apparently. And there you have it. Yeah. And the other one, Jenny? Yeah. Rosie Jenny's Jenny. like, you know, don't let those so-and-sos get you. D-. I'm like, uh, yeah, what, grind uh, you down. Yeah. I'm like, you mean the people who are correctly right. the trying people to who get you, the money? That you promised them? Like, yeah. And and it's like, oh, boy, what a, you know, moving end to the great romance between Harry and Jenny and sort of her sister. Like It was with, Rosie, I think, that he yeah. was hooking up with. Oh, uh, was it? Well, yeah. Look, so they're exactly. supposed to be... They're twins. No, and it's like, okay, great. This is all happening. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, you know, I don't find gambling compelling well, right. as a narrative thing. Yeah. Maybe this is why you like casino so much more than me. <laughs> but I'm just like, I don't like... That's not about the gambling so much. It's just about the, like, mob violence. Yeah, that's true. We're not getting enough of that. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah. But, I mean, I just... I don't know. Like, and it's Because I don't mind necessarily a story about somebody who's an alcoholic mm-hmm. or a sex addict or whatever. You know, I watched a bunch of Six Feet Under. <laughs> uh yeah, but it's just like watching a person make the same terrible decision over and over again, specifically as regards gambling. Yeah. To me, I'm just like, no, thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. So I'll be registering my displeasure on Eyeliner's Yelp page. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He doesn't have a Yelp page. No. He wouldn't dream of it. George. Do uh, Eyeliner's dream of electric Yelp pages. <laughs> <laughs> um, George arrives home. And uh, apologizes to Connie because who has come with him but Mustache. Yeah. Connie tells George that he must have mush for brain. Uh, he used to. He did. And shall again. Yeah. But we for right, think. Yeah. For right now, he's got that fixed. <laughs> Jimmy Dillon and May are at Fat Thomas's, and May is cranky and blows off Jimmy Dillon to go hang out with Fat Thomas all night. Uh, like, and just completely, like, you know... Uh, because the plot required it. Yeah. And Jimmy Dillon watches and then like Fat Thomas has to go to his office and he goes over and tells May that it's time to go. And May's like, uh, no, I don't feel like it. You know, I'm cheating on you. She's not even I cheating know she's on not, anyone. But They're not married. Well, that's true. And he's an idiot. Well, right. I agree. But, you know, I mean, it's just like, yeah, she's she's leaving him for Fat Thomas and is doing so, you know, fairly blatantly. But without just doing it, you know, yeah. like anyway. Um, so May goes to Fat Thomas's office and says that Jimmy Dillon left already and that he's too demanding and they're like, yeah, so yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And, and we're like, like, boo, yeah, we are. Lady May, you can do so much better than Fat Thomas. Agreed. This show 
is under the impression <laughs> that Fat Thomas is God's gift to women. <laughs> and even if he has a solid gold dick, I don't believe it. I don't know. Like, what is he? What, does he have, like, an immersion blender for his mouth? Like, what is happening? No, it's not, but it's not that. It's that every, they believe that every romantic relationship that has ever been introduced is one that we want to see succeed. Like, whatever the oldest romantic relationship for any I mean, character. To be fair, that's basically every show. I mean, there's a yeah. Gilmore Girls revival on right now <laughs> that my understanding is does the same thing, which I won't watch. Okay. Oh my God. I accidentally watched the trailer for it last uh-huh. night and I was so angry. <laughs> God. That show should just be called Kelly Bishop and fuck you, Lorelai. <laughs> it's not. Everybody loves Lorelai, even though she's a bad person and she's ungrateful. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> this has been Kelly's Capsule Review. And fuck Rory. Learn how to talk. Yeah. Well, that much I can agree with. And you hate Luke. I do hate Luke. And his baseball cap. Put it on right. You, think, <laughs> you look like an idiot. <laughs> But he's like a regular dude. What are you, Dennis the Menace? <laughs> I love it when you talk, Luke. <laughs> uh, so it's an awkward breakfast at Towler House uh, with George and Connie and Mustache. Connie says that she's lost her appetite and storms out. And then she turns around to say that, you know, he thinks he's the prize, but her sister is first prize and he's just a something 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 runner up mustache uh, he's a mustache yeah he's a sentient mustache <laughs> and yeah which is the first useful thing that connie has said the entire show yeah like yeah since her introduction yes agreed uh so she heads out george asks mustache what he said and he says that you know all men make mistakes or whatever and george is george is like i thought you were a writer like, yeah, which, literally, you know, yeah loathe as i am to give any points to this version of george towler well played sir yeah yeah like when you're getting clowned by george towler <laughs> you need to think about clown him with towler <laughs> uh however george says that he thinks there's still hope boo agreed Quit being hopeful. <laughs> uh, Grove House, children squabble. Grove asks Martle why she wants to take them on, and she says a whole bunch of bullshit. And we're like, we don't know either. Yeah. Just because reasons. She says about all this love that they've apparently always had. What? No. Yeah. He, okay, Martle, I don't know what happened to you. Here is what happened. He was banging you because he had an invalid wife right. that he couldn't bang. But he was like, you know what? Some Tuesdays, I'm just going to blow you off, even though it's like our special day That's right. to bang. Which really, this whole situation benefits me a lot more than benefits you. But here's these candies. Okay? <laughs> yeah. So that all happened. His wife died. And you were like, oh, my God. We're finally going to get married. Oh, my God. This is so exciting. Uh, instead, he is Mary Doris Classic. That's right. Who? Granted, we loved. Yes. We loved Doris Classic. She was a dope person. Yes. Good person. Yeah. And then, remember, the mm-hmm. war happened. Right. And uh, it turned out that Doris Classic got pregnant with that other dude's baby. And yeah. she was like, hey, Miss Martle, I don't know anything about your illicit relationship with my current husband. <laughs> but let me tell you about the illicit relationship I had during our tenure as man and wife. And Miss Martle, being the down bitch that she is, was like, mm-hmm. you know what? It is okay. I will keep your secrets. Then Doris Classic got hit by a truck. This happened. And you said, I cannot believe she got hit by a truck. I know. And then you said, oh, you know what, Mr. Grove? You fucking suck. Yeah. I'm going to go to New York and have a dope ass life. 
And then you came back. Yeah. You came back because he broke your heart? Right. And let's let's recall again, not only did he marry Doris Classic, but he did it because he wanted to have babies, something that you had also wanted but had denied yourself for him. Uh-huh. So up yours downstairs out. <laughs> Free Martle. Cut to their wedding. <laughs> what I will say about this wedding is that apart from Mr. Crab, Mrs. Crab, who was always a delight to see, and Harry, there is literally nobody else there except for Gro's family. Yeah. Which, so, I mean, you know, he's going to die. Well, <laughs> People are going to feel cheated if they buy them a bunch of gifts. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Yeah. We bought them that toaster and now he's dead? Like, I've already got your funeral booked in and I don't want to have to get this thing dry cleaned twice. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we see their wedding also cuts randomly in the middle of this to Tilly, who is sewing at night or whatever. Yeah. It was just why. Like, yes, Meryl is a bad friend. You well, should right. stop talking to her, perhaps. <laughs> Even though, again, she seems to be the only way we can get any goddamn Tilly on this show. Yeah. I thought Tilly was going to team up with Lady May and do cool shit. I thought so too. That's still four hours left of this crap. Oh, my God. Are you serious? <laughs> well, four episodes. It's not a full oh hour. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, um, yeah. The wedding ends. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, we see Mustache knocking on the door at Kitty House. Uh, Kitty, Kitty opens the door, sees him, and closes the door on him. Knock, 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 knocking on Kitty's door. That's right. And she is not going to listen to him. Oh, she's not. She's she, like literally fuck. She's she's got all the backbone that Martle used to have. That's right. She's like, I can I can just imagine all the things you were you want to say. So just assume that you've said them and it doesn't change my mind. Yeah. And I have too much respect for myself and all this sort of thing. So Mustache tells her to call Elizabeth Arden and that he hopes they still have the job and they, they would be lucky to have her and uh, leaves and Kitty opens the door and, and like mustache is already gone, but we're like, but we're like, you told him to go. Don't you goddamn dare. Right. You go to New York. You leave that mustache behind. Shave that mustache. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to shave that mustache off of my face. I'm going <laughs> to shave that mustache off of my face. I'm going to shave that mustache off of my face and flush it down the loo. Grove and Martle drive off for what will presumably be a terrible honeymoon. Ugh, right? Like he's dying. Yeah. Um, Plunkett tells... <gasps> Miss Plunkett! That's right. She tells Harry that uh, Dancona's office... You mean Kona Coffee? <laughs> yes. Kona Coffee. Listen, I'm making Kona Coffee happen, Tom. All right. It's my fetch. That's fine. It just, if you haven't gotten established before I start taking the notes, then I tend to forget. But, oh my God. Well. Well. Just filling you in. Thank you. I'll write him down as KC next week. Fine. Great. <laughs> Good idea, Tom. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't decide till later. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Kona Coffee's people say that the deal he had expired at 9 a.m., and therefore they have nothing to say to Harry. Uh, again, this seems reasonable, as this dude has been trying to settle this gambling debt for however many years it's been <laughs> right. since they went to Beeritz. Yeah. Beeritz? <laughs> yes. Beeritz. <laughs> That's the one. Beeritz? <laughs> I'm done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't seem amused. What's no going on? Beeritz. Be-a-ritz. <laughs> Beeritz. 
Oh, right. So, um, yeah, we see Rosalie reading to Tatiana. Is that all they ever... And she's like this rat. She's like, oh, and then the rat was like happy. I'm like, remember Roddy the rat? <laughs> Cousin Chris, our Titanic expert, reminded me of Roddy the rat this week on yeah. Facebook. And I was like, man, remember when this show was kind of stupid, but also much, much, much better? <laughs> like, that was interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, so now what we get is... uh goons hyatt goons that's right <laughs> fraser and <laughs> well and fraser opens the door and it's like a clown car of goons <laughs> just spilling into the sitting room and it's like these people said that harry sent them over or something uh-huh. like that and i'm like is this did you not go to butler school like you know we don't ever see what goes on with him he could be drunk all the time <laughs> that is true i mean he did let roddy the rat in all this time <laughs> fraser you're a terrible butler <laughs> But you ruined my wife's life, so I'm going to keep you on. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> I don't have any money to pay you severance, so welcome aboard. <laughs> yeah, so... uh, uh The, the go- goons start taking stuff off of shelves. Yeah. They're and- just putting it in sacks right. that they brought themselves, which yeah. I guess is good for the environment. And Rosalie's like, call the police. But, you know, one of the goons is like, uh, no, you can't. And mm-hmm. then uh, Kona Coffee was there is like... Why don't you call your father? Mm-hmm. Tell him what's up. Mm-hmm. So uh, she does. Harry uh, is like, yeah, don't call the police. I'll be right there. So that's great. Um, he gets home. Rosalie is there and says that they took everything, uh, silver, paintings, the jewels that her mother had left for her. And she breaks down crying. Yeah. I wish Beatrice had been there. She would have put us, <laughs> even just her portrait. Yeah. Why didn't you Oop. bring out, did they steal the portrait of Beatrice? That is an excellent question because if so, they will be eternally damned. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd also like to note that in some scene in this episode, we did see the portrait of Rose in Harry's office. I was wondering if that like had happened yet. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I wrote it down. Well, but it was it, in a scene with him and Gordon and we said yeah. that Rose did not approve of whatever the hell was going on. <laughs> right. God. I just hope she's having a good time in heaven or wherever. (laughs) Wherever people with lung itis go. (laughs) Rosalie says that she doesn't feel safe with Harry anymore, and she doesn't think he feels safe with himself anymore. Uh, He probably will ignore this statement because he doesn't listen. (laughs) Women get a bad rap. What about Mr. Selfridge? Uh, Kitty sees Mustache on the shop floor at Selfridges and says that she is the job offer was still available and she is taking it. <gasps> Hooray! Yay! Run, Kitty, run, Kitty, run, Kitty, run! <laughs> uh, Harry tells Nunu Gordon, and this might actually have been the scene, that he's broke. Ha ha! Yeah. It's not actually funny at all. No. And Nunu Gordon's like, what? And he's like, uh, you know all that money I spent? Turns out you can go broke by just spending lots of money. I had no idea. <laughs> You'd think that coming up in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. And so basically he says that he's going to have to sell the provincial stores. And Nunu Gordon is just like fine with it. He's like, oh, all I ever wanted to do was to work by your side. And like, stand up for yourself, dude. He literally can't. He literally can't. He's got uh, Selfridge syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> so Harry storms into wherever and slams the money down in front of Kona Coffee and says that, uh, you know, like, never come near my family again, and blah, 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 da, 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 and, and what kind of man does that? And Konakov, says, indeed. And Harry's like, oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, are you turning a mirror back on me and my own horrible <laughs> actions? Also, is he going to get all that shit back now? 
<laughs> I, I don't I think, don't know how settling gambling debts works. I don't either, but I've got a feeling that once they take your shit, they keep your shit. Yeah, like they have families. Right. You know, the, goons are people too. <laughs> that's right. They would like to leave their own daughter's jewelry. <laughs> Good for you working class goons. <laughs> Run your side. That's right. Uh, so there's opera singing going on. It's I, that one that goes like... <laughs> it's like in a commercial or something <laughs> okay i don't know anything about opera yeah actually th- except for anything that was contained in what's opera doc <laughs> right uh yeah anyway whatever it is it's where what building i is have this? no clue man this i don't is... know there's just a balcony and right. a floor yeah so we, it's like, not Kalianos. right well it seems like jimmy dylan says that it's his place at some point but i don't know what he means by I that look anyway well, first there's some shots of May just sitting at her nightstand yeah. under this opera music. And then basically Jimmy Dillon and Fat Thomas, like, you know, have a scuffle. Yeah. They're well, like, Jimmy Dillon's know. like, I'm in a relationship before. And I, does he actually say you're the past, I'm the future or something like that? M- maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, Fat Thomas is like, oh, you know, you don't own her and blah, blah, blah. And so... They get to scuffling, mm-hmm. and as I had mentally realized about 10 seconds in advance, I knew one of them was going over the balcony, and it turns out it was Fat Thomas. It was Fat Thomas. And he is dead. He's dead as a doornail. Yeah. Now, I knew that it would have to be him that was dead, because I accidentally saw the description for episode 10. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. Yeah. Look, I've already said too much. Yes. Um, that's fine. Uh, but wow. Yeah. So I wasn't expecting that. No. Uh, no, no. I was not. I did not expect this to end in Fat Thomas's death. I was surprised. Yes. <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, I guess good job surprising us still eyeliner sometimes. I guess so. Even though we don't really like what you're doing in general. <laughs> yeah. You know. I mean, of all the people falling off of things in this show. <laughs> At least one of them finally died. <laughs> Which brings us to... The selfies. The selfies. First up, we have the Nailing It Award. And that goes to Kona Coffee. Kona Coffee. Living his best life, guys. Yeah. Feeding his goons. <laughs> getting his money back. Smashing up windows. Not getting caught. Yeah. Getting the last word. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. You know what? We want to change the name of this show now to Kona Coffee because he's the only sensible fucking person left. <laughs> and he just got here. Yeah, I know. Kitty might still be all right. That's right. But she's going right. to New York. So yeah, that's true. That's true. We hope. Yeah. Look, we're not thrilled with the next on. <laughs> Although, has that been true for any episode this entire series? Yeah, not really. Uh, next up, we have the stick poke. Oh, uh, that would be Fat Thomas's artfully arranged corpse. Yeah. That uh, uh, took us aback. We were not expecting that, yeah. nor for it to be so artful. We were just like, we, we didn't know anybody was going to die this episode. Yeah. You know. But now Fat Thomas is dead. Yeah. Surprisingly. With only his fleas left to mourn him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He doesn't have fleas anymore. No. <laughs> no. If he ever did. Remember when he tried to date Agnes Tower? Remember when he was had that whole Italian family? Yeah. You mean Uncle Joe? Yeah. <laughs> Joe. Uncle Gio. <laughs> Remember when Kalianos is going to be a family restaurant instead of <laughs> It's like they just have a wheel they spin. What's Fat Thomas up to this year? Oh, R.I.P. Fat Thomas. Yeah. 
Uh, next up, we have the Window Worthy Award. And that goes to the artfully displayed corpse of Fat Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really... Not ma- you know the windows are still smashed. Right, there's nothing. We never see eyebrows. Yeah, you know, you know like there was that fashion shoot, but there was this like show nothing forgot to it. that it was supposed to be about the windows. Here, here, like it's supposed to be about the effing store. Yeah, not all of these stupid little peccadillos. The peccadillos were never the interesting part. Right, it was all about Agnes Teller. I know. I know no amount of whining is going to bring her or Beatrice back. <laughs> Tilly's our last hope. <laughs> So finally, the eyeliner scale of eyeliner. And this is a straight-up crayon. Yeah. We briefly considered introducing <laughs> a new rating. <laughs> That's right. But we couldn't come up with anything good. Yeah. Uh, the closest we came up with was that stuff that football players put <laughs> under their eyes. But when Tom told me it's called eye black, I said it sounded too racist, <laughs> and we weren't going to say that. That's right. So crayon, like, what are you doing, eyeliner? Like, some of this, look... I am fairly certain that Harry Selfridge had terrible gambling debts that he sure. didn't, you know, and I'm sure he argued with the press. Yeah. Even, you know, as much as I don't like that plotline, I'm more or less fine with it. Yeah. I'm yeah. more or less fine with the Kitty storyline. Yeah. Agreed. Grardle? No. Yeah, absolutely not. That's the black hole at the center of this season. And, uh, you know, Lady May and Fat Thomas. Yeah. Eh, but then we get real eh. Yeah. Like, what was the point? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't feel sad. <laughs> That is true. I know you tried. It's like on Top Chef when you like find out like all about a person's family. <laughs> Do you think Uncle Gio will be back for the funeral? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Well, like I'm sorry your family's so poor, but your ceviche still sucked, dude. <laughs> and I'm always strangely fine with it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wow, that money could really change their lives. Well, <laughs> see you next time. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Last yeah. Chance Kitchen. There's no Last Chance Kitchen for, uh, for, for Fat, Fat Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> He's gone to that great nightclub in the... Who's going to run his nightclub? <laughs> it's called Kalyanos. That it is. Could it be Uncle Joe? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's one obvious candidate, which is Haircut. Who's not even around Who's, anymore. Yeah, God, so. Every time the show introduces an interesting ancillary character, Islander's like, no. <laughs> They're distracting too much attention from Mr. Grove. And Mr. Towler. <laughs> not the drunk interesting one. The other one. I don't know if that's my... I've avoided doing my eyeliner impression because I don't remember what it was. But I like this version. You know, that's, that's solid. I like Harry Selfridge. <laughs> used to a shoe fine spirits. <laughs> But one day I was putting on my eyeliner and I said, fuck it. (laughs) That's why Harry drinks now. (laughs) Good show. (laughs) Well, uh, so as we said, four more hours. (laughs) What what lies ahead? (laughs) What indeed? We will be here to tell you. That's right, we will. Next time. So until then, tighten your belts! (laughs) 